Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, everybody. How's it going? Before this show starts, we actually have a very special surprise. Well, you've come to expect it. We have an Ether Revolt preview card. Woohoo! Woohoo! Very exciting. Yes. Um, it's a pretty sweet one. I mean, we've had some great preview cards before, but this one in particular has me drooling a little bit. This may be our best preview card that's not a reprint. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say that without actually checking our old preview cards. I'm pretty sure that's true. No, I, I think I would agree. Um, the power level is super up there. Uh, if your name is Craig Blanchett, this card screams your name very loudly. <laughs> Um, Not because of Infect. Don't worry, everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's actually called Infect Ether Revolt, the only card <laughs> for some reason. Um, anyway, let's just go ahead and read the card. Uh, the card is called Rishkar's Expertise. Da-da-da-da. For four green green, it's a sorcery. Uh, it says draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. And then you may cast a card with converted mana cost five or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Whoa. Wow. Um, uh... When I first looked at the card, because, you know, it's like six mana, and then you read the first part, and you're like, okay, draw cards equal to, we've seen this before, blah, 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 yeah. six mana, maybe draw four or five cards. I was like, this sucks. And then you read that last part, and you're like, wait, whoa. Whoa. Whoa is right. And actually, you guys may notice that this shares a very similar name to another card that's been spoiled called Yeheni's Expertise. Um, and uh, Wizards was... Nice enough to let us know that it, this is actually a uh, a two-layered cycle as each of the these cards are an expertise to a legendary card. And Rishkar is an elf druid, presumably a legendary creature, and is going to be one of the Aether Revolt renegades, uh, which is really exciting. So we have two... We know now also from this preview that there's going to be two legendary creatures called Yeheni and Rishkar, and they both have an expertise. Yeah, and we also know that there's probably going to be ones in other colors and hopefully i I mean that'd be awesome i mean yehenny's does a very similar thing right where it does like a little board wipe it does negative three negative three to everything and then you cast a card with uh three or less cmc for free basically so is there going to be a red white and blue one that do different other cmcs and have other effects i mean this mechanic where you cast something for free is very very powerful depending on what that number is what the cost of the spell itself is there's ways to abuse it um and even if you don't abuse it man this card seems really good right because the normal problem with card draw spells like this spells that just 
draw cards, especially sorcery speed ones, is that it's really hard to find a spot to cast it. Because you're looking at your board and you're like, well, if I just do nothing this turn and draw five cards, that can I can be so far behind tempo-wise in the game because I, I spent a uh, not like an early turn. I spent an important turn, like turn six or turn seven or turn eight, just drawing cards. And then somebody else plays Ulamog or Insurrection or Tooth and Nail or does something real. And I didn't affect the board at all. And I can be really far behind after doing that. And this card solves a lot of those problems because you could draw five, six cards and then drop a five drop. Yeah. And you basically played paid one mana for five or six. Like it can be, it can very often be better than Ancestral Recall. Yeah. And like green is the color of all of them to put a creature down with more power and toughness than, you know, sort of like it's better then like a th- you'll get like a three mana five five or a four mana eight eight you know like something crazy in green and being able to cast this and then draw a ton of cards and then choose from those cards one of them that you want to put onto the battlefield too as well and it's not just a creature green is usually known for like cheating in a creature or whatever in this case no you could drop in a spell a sorcery an instant an artifact there are so many different cards you can cast here uh, it seems a uh, very very powerful yeah I think it it seems great I mean even just like my first thought was like, sweet, I can do this, draw eight cards, then play a board wipe for free. Oh, wow. That's actually a great way of seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm just up cards and everybody else, I, you know, I'm probably not going to die the next turn. So I get to, you know, use that card advantage over the next few turns. Of course, that's the way I would think about it. Of course, you can just play a big creature or, you know, an important artifact or a planeswalker or something, anything that costs five CMC. Also, if you don't have five, you could do four. Mm-hmm. I mean, the versatility there is really powerful. And then, of course, there's all these ways to sort of abuse this ability. So because of Yeheni's expertise, we've seen a lot of people hypothesizing on ways to abuse this text that says you can cast a card with converted mana cost, you know, X or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. And there's certain cards that their mana cost isn't what's sort of limiting them and and specifically it's like it's like the suspend cards that we talked about um a couple episodes ago things like uh ancestral vision and restore balance and those type of cards that don't actually have a casting cost because you're supposed to suspend them from your hand so living end is another one right where there's no there's no cost in the top right corner they just have a suspend cost so their cmc is actually zero and when you cast them off of one of these expertise, you just cast it now. So Ancestral Vision is just, you know, draw three cards. Now, that's not going to be great with this one because you're already drawing a bunch of cards. But Restore Balance could be great or Living End could be great. Or I was thinking Hypergenesis could be really great. Oh, wow. Because Hypergenesis says uh, it's Hypergenesis is usually one green green for suspend three. Mm-hmm. And it says starting... Uh, with you, each player may put an artifact, creature, enchantment, or land card from his or her hand onto the battlefield and then repeat this process until no one puts a card onto the battlefield. Well, if you just drew eight or nine cards with um, Rishkar's expertise and then you play Hypergenesis off it for free because you can cast a spell with converted mana cost five or less from your hand without paying its mana cost, it would... It would bypass the suspend part. You just play hypergenesis right now. And now you're in this place where everyone's going to dump all their permanents onto the battlefield, but you have a handful of cards. So you can all of a sudden, you know, kind of go crazy with it. That to me seems like a really good interaction um, and way to abuse this sort of uh, five CMC thing that, that these cards have 
or this card has. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to playing this early. Um, this costs four green, green, but you know, green of course can ramp you pretty quickly. You could definitely get this out in turn four and just get ahead of everyone because on turn four, not only are you playing a six drop, you're also playing a five drop. Um, I also really like the idea of this being able to just whip out a board wipe because being able to get ahead that many cards and then board wiping and then being like, sweet. Well, I use my mana really efficiently. I have a ton more cards than everyone else does, and I'm in a great spot moving forward. I mean, that's why it works so great with Hypergenesis too, because usually you have to wait three turns, and by that point, everyone's holding on to the sweetest thing to drop because they know Hypergenesis is about to, to sort of pop. But in this case, right, exactly. you can just sort of get people out of nowhere with it. Yeah, they're not ready for it. Their hand's not sculpted for that, and all of a sudden you're like, I just dropped three Eldrazi. What now? The other way to sort of abuse this card, or another way, is the split cards. So the split cards, cards like Beck and Call or Boom and Bust, the way their CMC is calculated is it's actually if either of the spells, because a split card has two spells basically on it, if either of them is below the CMC, then you can cast either of them. So it's a weird sort of workaround, but people are doing it in modern with Brain in a Jar. There's been a lot of people saying that they might use Yaheni's expertise, and now, who knows, maybe they'll use one of these other expertise at Rich Cards or another. It seems for modern six CMC is probably too much, but anyway, you could cast you could cast um, a split card that you could cast the side of it that's actually more than five CMC if the other side of it is less than five CMC or five CMC or less. So you can sort of use I don't know rules loopholes that way and maybe get a little bit extra value out of it that you wouldn't be able to get. This should be called Josh's expertise. You're all over abusing these effects. This is great. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to necessarily build your entire deck around it but having a few ways in there because a lot of these cards are just good on their own you know hypergenesis is just a good card on its own uh and so if you just happen to get these two cards at the same time then you can really abuse it but you don't have to build your entire deck to abuse it i I, i'm really excited for this card i think it's gonna be really good yeah and you're right it just slots into a lot of decks it's not like one of those commander cards that we see that are very specific to the deck it needs to be in like assault formation or something this can go into pretty much any deck that plays creatures. Yep, exactly. And green is the the color most likely to be playing a big creature. And the creatures don't even have to be that big. I mean, if you if you draw four cards off this and then drop a four or five drop, that means you paid one or two mana for four cards. Every deck would play a spell that said, you know, pay a green or pay two green for four and draw four cards. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and you're not even doing it in that order. You're actually able to see the cards beforehand. So yeah, this card's great. I'm very excited. I think four green green is a very fair cost for it as well. And it's not sort of like an eight drop or something. Because I could totally see them pushing this and making this cost, you know, eight man or whatever. Because the effect seems to be pretty powerful considering you're cheating a card in. Yeah, I'm glad they finally gave us a card that falls into one of our, you know, pillar categories. Ramp and card draw. We got a really, really good card draw spell. I think this is going to go in a lot of decks. I'm excited to put it in a bunch of mine. Yeah. Um, and, of course, if you guys want to know about Rishkar him or herself, the card is actually being previewed today on the Top Level podcast. Uh, so you get to get both parts of Rishkar and the expertise. We'll, we'll include a link below uh, so you guys can check that out as well. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm almost excited to see how Yeheni and Rishkar, and if the cycle continues with the other colors, how they pair up with uh, their expertises and whether or not they're actually auto-includes in the same deck. Who knows? Yeah, and the more expertises you have, you know, if they have this same cast a certain CMC spell for free, the more likely you are to put in those other cards like split cards or those suspend cards to abuse that effect because you'll have, you know, redundancy for that synergy. So really excited to see what else we 
we're gonna is coming down the pipe for Ether Revolt. You could potentially have an expertise five color deck where you cast Rishkar's expertise and then cascade that kind of into Yeheni's expertise and then use that into the next one and then the next one. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's really interesting. Yeah, because if you cast Rishkar's expertise and then off of that you cast Yeheni's expertise, then off of that you can cast, I don't know, hypergenesis. Uh yeah, really interesting. I didn't even think about that. This is like a crazy cascade, although they're coming out of your hand, but still. I like how you're thinking. Hey, man. Who knows? The combos are here. Anyway, great uh, preview card for Ether Revolt. We're very excited for the set. Uh, with that, make sure you guys comment or tweet at this if you guys have any of your own combos with you sort of cast something with a CMC 5 or less. It's a little bit higher than Yehenny's expertise, so I'm excited to see what people are going to be doing with this card. Anyway, send us a tweet or whatever. And with that, it's time to get right back in to the episode. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the game on. Go play. We already hey said this one. You're we did? a rock star. Get, get the show on. on. Get. We made a joke about this last time. Lay down to rest or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying it because today we're talking about Vile Smash Mouth. And Thrasios. Oh, vile smash mouth. Yeah. All that glitters is gold. Only, Only shooting stars get the vile. Didn't rhyme. <laughs> vile smasher and Thrasios. How's it going, everybody? You're listening to The Command Zone. My name is Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. We didn't actually do that in the last episode, did we? Did we not? No. I think we just went straight into New Year's resolutions. Oh, crap. Uh-oh. Um, well, first, first of all, people didn't know what they were listening to. That's true. Welcome to <laughs> an alternate universe now. We've successfully entered the second timeline. Well, we started out this year right. That's right. Okay. Uh, how's it, guys? Uh, welcome to episode something. Uh, we're doing a deck tech today. We uh, are. We're tying it in with our Game Nights episode two video, which I'm hoping is... T- is coming out at the same time. We're predicting that it will. So Yeah, it's a um, lot of work. Josh, by the way, does all of the editing on the Game Nights videos, and they are not an easy thing to edit. So boy. So we're just like looking at the calendar going, I think I can get it done by then, and this episode will come out then. So hopefully that works out. So this deck, Vile Smasher and Thrasios, is the deck that I built and played for that video. So we figured we'd, you know, this is synergy. Yeah, we're very gonna, exciting. We're going to talk, go in-depth about the deck from Game Nights, episode two. Yeah, and it's a great way to tie in the episode if anyone's interested in playing the same deck or knowing how it functions. Uh, but before we get there, Josh, did you order any of your cards from cardkingdom.com slash command zone? I, I did have to order a couple. I don't remember exactly which ones because we were like, on Wednesday, we're going to shoot that thing. And I was like, oh, I need those cards. And then, you know, if you're going to need cards really fast, where do you go? cardkingdom.com slash command zone it's the one place it's our sponsor for the show and it's a great way to show your support for the show as well they have incredibly fast shipping they ship their cards uh, in great packages they're very uh, it's always a bubble mailer you're never going to get some like cards wrapped in paper it's always in a case with sleeves and all that stuff so make sure you guys check it out cardkingdom.com slash command zone i love those guys and we've said we're going to call out one patron from our patreon every episode the patron of this episode is Brandon Burke. Hey, thank you, Brandon Burke, for being a patron of the show. You guys can also join Brandon by going to patreon.com slash command zone. Uh, and if you guys join at the dollar level per episode, you can get your name shouted out on the show too, potentially. So, Brandon, this episode is actually dedicated to you. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. And thank you to all of our patrons as well. The show is really made possible thanks to everyone that donates. So, thank you to everyone. Please check it out, patreon.com slash command zone. 
All right, let's go right into the deck tech. Vile Smasher and Thrasios. Both are from the Whiteless or Yidris deck. Um, I decided to build this deck, I think I talked about it earlier, because I was purposefully like, this is a little outside my comfort zone. I was reading mm -hmm. Vile Smasher specifically, and I was like, this card does damage randomly. That's not usually my thing. That is not your thing whatsoever. So let's go ahead and do it. Let's try it, because, you know, in the Game Nights uh, videos are a really good motivation and inspiration and incentive to do stuff like this because mm -hmm. it's like oh i'm gonna try something different for this video so thanks everybody out there for watching those videos and making me do stuff i wouldn't normally do um let's read the two partner commanders first really quick uh yeah so oh by the way partner is a new mechanic the commander 2016 introduced now you can now have two legendary creatures as your commander and the way that they got four color quote-unquote commanders as well is by having two of the partners obviously be in two different uh two color pairings put them together you get a four color commander vile smasher the fierce is one black and a red for a two three legendary goblin berserker berserker whenever you cast your first spell each turn vile smasher the fierce deals damage equal to that spell's converted mana cost to an opponent chosen at random and it has partner, so you can partner it up with any other commander that says partner on it. So two things to note. One is it's the first spell. So the turn you cast Vile Smasher, the next spell you play, if you do, won't trigger it because Vile Smasher was the first spell. And it also means the first spell each turn. So if I cast a spell on my turn, it'll trigger Vile Smasher. And then Jimmy's turn, I can cast another spell mm -hmm. if possible. It'll trigger again. And um, it's on cast as well, so you can have it countered, but the damage will still happen from File Smasher. Really good point. And CMC is the number in the upright hand corner, but that also works with X spells, I should just say, because there's some confusion about this. Not that, mm -hmm. not, not that I went in this direction, but X spells are a weird thing in Magic where the CMC of the X spell is actually the amount of mana that you paid for it. So when you flip it off the top of your deck and it has to be below a C certain CMC, the X is actually equal to zero. But mm -hmm. when you cast it, the X is actually equal to the amount you paid. So if you fireball somebody for eight, you paid nine mana for that, Vile Smasher will randomly hit somebody for nine. Kaboom. Just a good rules interaction to know. Okay, the other partner commander is Thrasios Triton Hero. He's a blue and a green for a Merfolk Wizard, a 1-3. It says pay four and then scry one, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped. Otherwise, draw a card. So wow. kind of does a coiling oracle thing. Um, and then you pay the four, and you don't tap Thrasios, so you can do that as many times as you have four mana. Very powerful. Uh, one of the things I've learned with this deck is that the scry one actually takes a while, and so I tend to just skip the scry. Yeah? Just to speed things up. Sometimes if it's really important, but otherwise I'm just like, whatever. Boom. <laughs> because um, otherwise, if you're doing it three or four times, it just takes a long time. I know if you're going to, and you probably might have seen me do that on the Game Nights video, just because... We just want our games to go fast, and I, I, I tend to, like, I don't know. I don't want to have to think about it too much. I'll just draw a card or put it a land into play if that's what I get. It's great, though. Blue and green here. You can draw a card or ramp, so it's very uh, fitting for a blue-green commander. And, of course, like, I like the partner commanders because if you're ever like, man, I need blue-green in my deck because I want card draw and ramp, you can just throw a partner commander with blue and green. And I pretty much always say, man, I want blue-green in my deck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I chose these two because I wanted Vile Smasher, and then so I was looking for a commander I thought paired well with it, a partner commander. And uh, a lot of people have done this with Kaidel, but I already have a Kaidel deck. So I chose Thrasios because my, my idea for the deck was that I was going to play a lot of ramp and then play huge spells because Vile Smasher wants you to play really large spells because the bigger CMC cost of the spell, the more damage that he randomly deals to somebody. And so the issue you run into in a ramp deck 
is that sometimes you have a lot of ramp, mm-hmm. but you don't draw the big spells, and you're just sitting there with a ton of mana but nothing to cast. Well, Thrasios solves that problem because all your extra mana you can dump into his ability and draw more cards or you know put out more lands. And so that kind of, I felt, would alleviate maybe one of the issues the deck might have. Um, Kaidel actually taps for more mana, which could leave you in the same situation where you know you've got just too much mana total. So um, let's talk about the stats, 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 stats. Man, we're getting good at that segment. Yeah. Um, okay, so the stats are going to look a little different on this one, which I thought was fun. Yeah. So for mana ramp, we have a total of nineteen cards that ramp you for mana. Heck yeah! Did you count? ramp like crazy? Like crazy. There is a card draw, but there's only four card draw spells. What? 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 We're talking about pushing outside of our comfort zone. Yeah, hardcore. Yeah. Uh, single target removal. We have six instances of that, which is pretty a little bit on the higher side. And then we have four board wipes. So uh, the number is, I think the board wipes and single target removal are about correct, but the card draw and mana ramp are so crazy. Why are there only four card draw spells? Well, because our commander is a card draw spell. And a ramper. <laughs> and so what happens is that if you know that you can have this card, and it's only 2MC, CMC of Thrasios that you're always going to have access to, then I don't need as much redundancy for card draw in my deck because the reason you put in a bunch of redundancy for card draw is to make sure you get some. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I'm going to get some because it's Thrasios and I can always grab them out of my command zone and play them. And the ramp actually works with my card draw so well because extra mana can just be turned into cards. Yeah. So I decided that I would take all that stuff that would normally be card draw, right? We'd normally have about 10 of each. Well, now I've got 19 of one of four of the other, so I'm sort of the same amount total of card draw and ramp. I just pushed it way towards ramp. And because Vile Smasher wants to cast huge things, I need a lot of mana to do that. So, voila. That was my idea, anyway. Yeah. Um, It makes sense, too. Like, you don't want to draw five 10 drops in your hand. You'd rather have four mana rocks, one 10 drop, and be able to cast that 10 drop. So, a lot of ramp in this deck. And I used most of the green put lands into play ramp because, you know, Sky Shroud Claim, Rampant Growth, Far Seek. I even put Birds of Paradise. Deathrite Shaman is super good in this deck. Just anything that would allow me to get Vile Smasher out a turn early as possible mm-hmm. and just have a lot of mana for Thrasios to start drawing cards once I have enough ramp. Yeah, you don't even want to necessarily put Thrasios out in turn two because you can't use his ability for a while. It's a So it's better to ability. ramp on turn two, actually, yeah. to give yourself more. You, then you're going to play Vile Smasher on turn three, and then on turn four, if you have six or so mana available, all of a sudden you're already hitting somebody for six with a big... And then you're playing a six CMC spell, which is going to have a big board impact so yeah um something to keep in mind we're going to go into the categories of the deck but i just wanted to mention because we're not going to go into it in depth is like i said earlier you do want to sort of be able to play spells on everybody's turn because playing two spells on your own turn with vile smasher is not very good because vile smasher won't trigger on the second spell so i'd much rather play a spell on my turn than a spell on craig's turn than a spell on jimmy's turn do as much damage as possible yeah so Vidalcan Orrery, Leyline of Anticipation. You also want instants in the deck uh, if possible. So just something to keep in mind. Um, okay, so let's break down some of the categories in the deck. This first one is already my favorite. CMC is higher than you paid. So essentially the idea of quote-unquote cheating out of a cost. Um, so you have a lot of cards here that have a very high CMC. However, you don't actually pay that much mana to cast them. Right, so Vile Smasher is going to trigger and do you know eight damage to somebody, but I didn't pay eight mana. In uh, fact, you could have paid two for this. 
Yeah, the first spell is just a spell that I just want to play any time that I have any excuse to play it. <laughs> Dig through time. Spell is so good it had to be banned in formats. Uh, six blue blue, and it says instant delve. So each card you exile from your graveyard while casting the spell pays for one colorless or one generic mana. So if you exile six cards from your graveyard, this just costs blue and the blue. Look at the top seven cards of your library. Put two of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So huge card selection. You get to draw two of the best cards out of your top seven. It is 100% a great commander card. Not to mention you're playing a lot of ramp, right? So yep. all those Sky Shroud clams and stuff can yep. be delved away. And it's an instant. So I can cast it, a normal spell on my turn, leave two mana open, and then also still dome somebody for eight. It's mm-hmm. like eight extra damage that I wouldn't have got. Uh, Treasure Crew is also in the deck. Delve spells are great because they the CMC is very much higher than you're actually going to pay. Uh, another one is using a new mechanic from Commander 2016. It's Curtain's Call. Yeah, when you actually played this, I was very surprised, but I was like, oh, wait, this makes total sense in your deck. Yeah, and this this um, card ended up overperforming, being a lot better than I thought it would mm-hmm. be. So it's five and a black for an instant. Uh, it says destroy two target creatures, but it has Undaunted, and Undaunted said this spell cast, costs one less to cast for each opponent. So right now it costs six CMC, but if I have, it'll never cost, uh, it'll never cost... It'll never cost five. six. Yeah. yeah, because I'll always have one opponent. Otherwise, I already won. And if you've got three other people in the game, it costs three, but it's still a six CMC spell. And it destroys two creatures. It's very, very powerful at, again, instant speed. Yep. So that's a good one. Uh, the next one's super fun. Oh, boy. Emrakul, the promised end. Uh, I think you may be the first person to put this in the deck in our play group. I'm sure Kessler has it in the deck as well. But Emrakul is a 13-mana spell. That's a 13-13 Eldrazi, and uh, she costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in your graveyard. So if you've cast a Sorcery, she'll cost 12. If you cast a Sorcery in Instant, she'll cost 11. You can get her all the way down. You a that's 10. Yeah, you can get her all the way down to like 6, I think, with Planeswalkers and Enchantments, Artifacts, Lands, Creatures, all that stuff. Um, and it's a 13-mana spell, so you're going to deal 13 damage to someone. Not and to mention, steal their next turn. Steal their next turn. She's also flying trample protection from instant, so she's a great way to end the game after you get someone low on life total. Yeah, this is a really strong card in the deck. I um, Again, it's just cheating of mana cost in some way. Really good. Uh, the other card in this area was supposed to be Force of Will, but I didn't have an extra one, so I actually... This is a good lesson, too, and I think uh, I like talking about it, which is that I, I have for a couple Force of Wills, but they're in, like, a Mizzix deck, and they're in uh, another deck. And I didn't want to take those decks apart, and I didn't want to be sliding the cards around. So I was like, well, what's a card like Force of Will? Because what do I want to do here? Force of Will is a card that is 5 CMC, but I can cast it for zero by just discarding a blue card. Well, there's another card that does that. It's called Misdirection. It's 3 and 2 blue for an instant. It says you may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay Misdirection's mana cost. And then change the target of uh, target spell with a single target. So it's not as good as Force of Will. I'm not saying that it is, but sometimes it's better. Yeah, sometimes you can completely, like if someone tries to path your commander or someone tries to path someone else's thing and you need that to survive, Misdirection can be a blowout in those cases. I found that this is really hard. It's very situational, mm-hmm. um, and it relies on someone usually to have a single target spell like so it can't be like oh, i'm gonna ping you for one with the death touch guy or whatever it's like no it's a spell that has to be cast but you can cast it for zero and it will ding someone for five yeah and in vile smasher like whatever the first target that really happens and you have a blue spell in your hand or a lot of cards and you don't mind you just fire it off for the damage yeah and then yeah, yeah. you know if you can hose somebody at the same time that's great but you don't really aren't as worried about that as as much obviously force of will better but you know 
we don't always get to play with the best card in that slot. And we can often make do with a card that's similar. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I didn't notice any different from not having Force of Will. Okay, the next category is Pump Up the Damage. Pump it up. We're here to pump you up. up. Sorry, I didn't get you. I can get there with you with a clap. That's okay. Next time. <laughs> uh, so pumping up the damage, obviously, Vile Smasher already does a lot. I think in the video, I'm not sure what the end total was, but it must have done like 40, 50 damage across that single game. Um, wound Reflection is five in the black, and it says at the end of each turn, each opponent loses life equal to the life he or she lost this turn. So it doubles the life damage that they've taken. This is amazing just in games when someone's swinging out. Someone's like, take five, end of turn, take another five. And when you cast Wound Reflection, if File Smasher's out, it's going to do six to somebody. Oh, it's going to do And 12. then in that turn, it'll do six to somebody, or six again person. to the person yeah. that got hit. Oh, so my gosh. it does 12 damage when you cast it. And I really like the wording on this card. It's each opponent. It's not you. Mm-hmm. So you're going to notice in my list, I don't actually play all the damage doublers like... Uh, What's the red one? Dictate of the Twin Gods. Oh, Dictate of the Twin Gods, that, yeah. Those ki- Furnace of Wrath, I think, is another yep. one. Those type of cards, I actually had them in the pile and was considering them, but the problem is that they also hit me, and I'm not playing a ton of creatures. I'm playing more spells, uh, you know, with Delve and things, and so I might be open to getting attacked. And so in that type of race, I don't want to be doubling my opponent's damage. So I want to play stuff more like Wound Reflection. Also encourages my opponents to hit each other, because when they hit each other, they deal double damage. But double. when they hit me, it's just normal damage. Yeah. So, <clears throat> really like that card. Another one that I got out in play and was super... It was oh. awesome. I need to play this in more decks. Yeah, I um, think so, too. This this really destroys people's strategies. This card is Caravec the Merciless. It's a 5, a black, and a red, so 7 mana for a 5-4 legendary creature, Human Shaman. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, Caravec deals damage to target creature or player equal to that spell's converted mana cost. So... It's similar to Vile Smasher in that it triggers off spells being cast, but it's whenever your opponent casts any spell and then you get to aim it and it can hit creatures. Yeah. This is crazy. What would what happened when I got it out is somebody cast a spell and I'm like, okay, so I've got five damage. Uh, I'll kill that planeswalker. Then <laughs> then somebody played a spell and I'm like, oh, I've got four damage. Okay, I'll kill your commander. Yeah, it goes anywhere on the yeah. board. It's crazy. And you can just start throwing it at their face at a certain point. Um, yeah, this, this card is really good. Once I got it out, I was like, Whoa. Uh, yeah, Caravec's great. He was in the Legendary Cube as well yeah. back in the day. And um, yeah, I'm surprised people don't play this card more. I could see entire decks built around it. Yeah. So it just, and then it just makes the clock so much faster. Because, and again, this is something where you can aim the damage. So if yeah. Vile Smasher happens to like hit somebody a couple of times and they're low, you can just start aiming Caravec at them <laughs> and they're just going to be dead really fast. Really quickly. Um, last but not least, Sakashima the Imposter. Oh my gosh, this, this card's card. so good. Uh, yeah, so there are not too many ways to get around having uh, two of the same legendary creature on the battlefield. Obviously, if you can double up Caravec's ability or Vile Smasher's ability, you're going to be throwing around a lot of damage, and Sakashima does that. Two blue-blue for a legendary creature, Human Rogue, a 3-1. You may have Sakashima the Imposter enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except its name is still Sakashima the Imposter. It's legendary in addition to its other types, and it gains two blue-blue. Return Sakashima the Imposter to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So this is a clone that stays the same name but takes on all of the other attributes of a creature and then gets the ability to bounce itself to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So it protects itself against being stolen. It has a lot of really important 
factors to it, but the main thing is you can double up File Smasher or Caravec. Yeah, the main thing is you can copy a legendary creature and it gets around the legendary rule because you can have now have two of a legendary creature. Yeah. Sakashima is one of the few cards that allows you to have two of the same legendary creature, which can be very, very powerful in our format because whole decks are built around legendary creatures. Mm-hmm. And having two of them is usually good. So yeah, this can copy Vile Smasher, like you said. And now every time you cast your first spell each turn, you're dealing two times... <sighs> Now, both will be random, so you don't just necessarily hit the same person twice, but it's just double the amount of damage. But like you said, if you get Karavik out and then cast Sakashima, oh man, anytime anybody casts a spell, you get to throw that damage twice? Yeah. It's broken. Um, It's also broken with the first card in our next category. So the next category is Cast More Spells. So we're looking for cards that either want us to cast more spells or help us cast more spells, and specifically on other people's turns. So Rushmi, Eternity's Crafter, is a card that just sort of wants to do the same thing that Vile Smasher wants to do, so it's a great card to put in the deck. It's a 2 and Simic, so 2 green, blue, for a 2-3 legendary creature, Elf Druid. Rushmi says, whenever you cast your first spell each turn, just like Vile Smasher, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card with converted mana cost less than that spells, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't, put it into your hand. Yeah, so you draw it. Yeah, so you draw the card if you can't cast it. But the outcome of this is often, like, I cast a 5-CMC spell, Vile Smasher does 5 damage randomly to somebody, and then I flip the top card in my library, and if it costs less than 5, I just cast it. Yeah, that's crazy. And at the very least in the multiplayer game, you're drawing a card a lot if you're able to cast a lot of instants and all that stuff. Um, A lot of people actually thought that you were building a Rushmi deck when you first uh, showed sort of what the cards you were brewing around. In fact, I showed this next card. Yeah, Mind's Dilation, five blue, blue, a seven mana enchantment, but that's okay. You have 19 ramp spells in this deck. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. Whenever an opponent casts his or her first spell each turn, that player exiles the top card of his or her library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. This combos super well with Brush Me. And Vile Smasher. And Vile Smasher. Yeah. And Karavik. Because you cast the card. So, Jim, so I play Mind's Dilation. I pass the, the turn to Jimmy. Jimmy casts a spell. Now, I flip the top card of his library, and if it's not a land, I just cast it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's something I don't want. I mean, it could be like a board wipe, in which case I go, okay, I don't want to cast that card. But if it's a counter spell, it actually works. You can counter the spell oh. being cast by the other player because it's an on-cast trigger. Really good so. point. And since you cast it, it now triggers Vile, Smasher, and Rush Me because it's the first spell you've cast that turn because it's Jimmy's turn. And mm-hmm. then it goes to Craig's turn, and if he casts something, I flip the top card of his deck. And if it's a non-land card, I cast it, and then it triggers Vile Smasher and Rush Me for no extra mana. Yeah. Mind's Dilation definitely is, like, sort of the cherry on top of this deck, because once this starts going and you're hitting spells constantly, it, people are going to be taking ton oodles. This is a really good card. Probably we should have mentioned it on uh, our possible best cards for EDH of the year, I think. I, I think... Um, You've you've got a, quite a few foils. In fact, this is Jimmy's foil, which he loaned me to put in the deck. And you can have it. I would pick Merry up this Christmas. card. No, thanks, man. <laughs> I would pick up this card. It's like a dollar fifty right now. I, I, I can see this card going up. It was also in Eldritch yeah. Moon, which wasn't opened a lot. This is my financial advice, and we know I'm not a finance wizard, but still, <laughs> I would look at that card. That card's going to be very good in EDH forever. You are a wizard, though. I'm a wizard. You're a wizard, Ari. Um, so one of the things about Vile Smasher and Rush Me um, is that. It only triggers on the first spell that you cast each turn, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, one of the solutions to that is casting spells on other people's turns. There's another solution to that, and it's take more turns. Oh. 
We don't talk about extra turn effects too much on the show, but... And they're not normally my thing. I don't run a lot of extra turn effects. But right. the thing is, the problem with an extra turn effect very often is that it costs so much mana that you don't actually get much for it. So if you play an effect that costs five mana to take an extra turn, unless you have another enough mana to play something else that turn, you don't get much advantage. You get to draw like one card. Like mm-hmm. let's say you have seven mana, you play a five mana take an extra turn spell, but you don't use the extra two mana. Sort of like gave you an extra combat step if you can even use it and then an extra draw step. Now, if you have a lot of mana, it does give you advantage because if you've got 15 mana, you play the five mana, get an extra turn, and now I spend 10 mana, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I am actually taking advantage of it. But Vile Smasher actually does even more because it, it does damage. Yeah. So even if I just string together a few extra turn spells, it could be like hit somebody for, for five, hit somebody for six, hit somebody for nine, and I'm not doing anything else, but the damage is happening. So Yeah, you always get some benefit from taking a lot of extra turns. And I noticed you didn't really keep any uh, just single extra turns in here. You're going big or going home, right? Yeah, I think I've got uh, two like single extra turns. I didn't go crazy. I think I put four or five in the deck. I didn't go. I didn't go do all of them. But you could so more than your card draw spells is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. Try, they draw you a card. If That's you take true. An extra oh my turn. gosh, it's card draw. Oh, it's a cantrip. Very um, slow. This next card we're going to talk about is another one I would look at picking up. This card is. It's way too powerful, actually. I, I think... Uh, let's read it. This, this card's crazy. Expropriate. It's from Conspiracy. Take the Crown, the second Conspiracy set. Seven blue blue for a nine mana sorcery. And you're like, nine mana? Well, guess what? It's insurrection level powerful. It's crazy. Council's Dilemma. Starting with you, each player votes for time or money. For each time vote, take an extra turn after this one. For each money vote, cha-ching! Choose a permanent owned by the voter and gain control of it, and then you exile expropriate. So you can't cast this again. Um, however, uh, let's say it's a four-player game. We got Craig and Maria, and I cast expropriate. I go time. I want an extra turn. You're always going to get one extra turn because you can't. You're not going to vote. You can't vote to take one of your own permanents. You already yeah. control those. And then yeah, then they get a choice. Do I want to give you an even more extra turn, or do you get to just choose one of my permanents? Yeah, any and- permanent. It turns out, uh, if this doesn't spoil the Game Nights video, if you haven't seen it already, everyone gave Josh an extra turn. And you know what? With Vile Smasher on the board. I'd and say like most, of life. The, most of the time when somebody, um, when somebody casts Expropriate, you're just thinking, there's no good option. Yeah, there is no good option. Like, I lose if I give him one of my best permanent, and I lose if I give him the extra turn. This he's, car, this he's going to get two extra turns if I give him an extra turn, because he's definitely going to vote for one. Think of, like, blatant thievery except for you get an extra turn after it. Like, that's crazy. But then, if Blatant Thievery could also be sometimes you just get three extra turns, that's it, that's also incredibly broken for nine mana. Yeah. Uh, you can do so much in those three. I mean, that's why Prophet of Krufix was banned, because it felt like you got to have three extra turns every time it went around the, the table cycle. So yeah. Expropriate is an absurd card. Um, you took four extra turns off it. Well, I, I took, yeah, I got three from that, and then um, I cast this next card which is time oh, yeah. stretch. You just chain them into each other. It's like, well, oh. I drew it off of what my, one of my extra turns. So time stretch is eight and two blue, 10 mana total. F- and, and for a sorcery, it says target player takes two extra turns after this one. So, and again, normally 10 mana is a lot, but this, spe- this, this um, deck is ramping so much and it wants to cast huge spells. So you just dome somebody for 10 when you cast this card and then you're going to take two more turns. Why didn't you cast it on me? I could have taken two extra turns. <laughs> it does say target, target player. player. Yeah, man. It does say target player. Okay, so then the next category 
is called cool stuff. And these are just some cards that don't fit in with that main strategy. So that's the main strategy, what we just laid out. You you cast stuff that CMC is is more than what you paid. You make Vile Smasher deal more damage, and then you find a way to cast more spells, which is extra turns and things like that. But this is, I like to have some cards in here. And Partners is really interesting, I found when building these two partner decks, which is like, you have a main plan and a main commander, but you also don't want to forget that you have that second commander and you can have a few things that work with it. Um, and this first card is so good with Thrasios. I think if you have a deck with Thrasios, 100% this card goes in there. Yeah, and I've always wanted to find a place for this card. Um, it's great. Training Grounds. It's just one blue mana for an enchantment. It says activated abilities of creatures you control cost up to two mana less to activate, and this effect can't reduce the amount of mana and ability costs to activate to less than one mana. So Thrasios now just says pay two mana, scry one, and if it's a card you put on the uh, land, you put on the battlefield, tap it, otherwise you draw it. Two mana for that ability? That's an insane ability with the scry one, two mana. Oh, that- and you can do it twice now because you had four mana originally to do it once. And you can cast Training Grounds because it's one mana. You can just find a spot to fit it in at any yeah. time, like turn one or, you know, oftentimes turn three, you've got four mana available because you ramped on turn two and you cast Vile Smasher, then fit Training Grounds in. And then yeah. if you cast Thrasios the next turn, sometimes you can just activate twice right away. You ramp even more, drive even more. Training Grounds, very, very good in the deck. Um, this next one is a card I've wanted to try out for a long time, and I put it in this deck. I haven't actually got to play it yet. Yeah, I've never seen this played before. It's really interesting. Yeah, I really want to try this card and i think it's probably really good and can be played in a lot of decks so it's called chamber of manipulation it's two blue blue for an enchant land it says enchanted land has tap discard a card gain control of target creature until end of turn so it sort of turns all cards in your hand into threaten effects yeah now speed yeah it's instant speed which is important to note but it does not untap the creature right so it, it that makes it a little bit worse however Decks like this and a lot of decks often have trouble. This is like a repeatable single target removal spell, right? Just temporarily. So what I was worried about with this deck and many decks is just like, ah, what if they attack me with, you know, a a Voltron-y type creature Mm -hmm. or one big creature? I'm just not very well equipped to handle with that, that kind of thing. And Chamber of Manipulation, once you get it out on one of your lands, you just have to leave that one land untapped. And now anytime that anything bad's going to happen. The worst case scenario is, you know, they attack you with something and you just have to discard one of your cards to prevent that. You could just take that creature. Right. Or and, you can, because the question's off, it's like, who has flyers? Or I'm going to swing at you without a flyer. Like, I'll just take yep. someone else's flyer and chump block with it. Yep. So you, it is a removal spell at that point. Yeah, that that's really good point. In, in good scenarios, you take somebody else's blocker and block with it. Um, you can be mean and be like, I guess I'll make this random too and roll the dice. Yep. See which one I take. So... I, I think this card's very good. I haven't had a chance to play it much, but I would. I, I just wanted to point uh, it out to people as something that they might try, and it's not super expensive. So. Yeah, I, I also want to put this in my Marchesa deck, yeah, too. Yeah, this is very good in Marchesa because you steal it, swing with it. Again, Sack it. Yeah. It doesn't say uh, target creature gains haste or anything like that, so it's missing some of those untap, those type of things, So, but you can still use it. You, I mean... You can still find places. You're not it. discarding anger to this? Yeah, exactly. Because I am. That's what I'm saying. Um, and then I wanted to mention a couple of cards that sort of overperformed. I have a lot of foils of these, by the way. This card has is really a lot better than I thought it was. Uh, it's Volcanic Vision. You can go ahead and read it. It's a guy staring down the giant. Well, it's a 
It's a vision. Is he creating it? Or oh, he's having a vision. He's of having giant a vision fire. of it. Giant fireballs. Yeah. Okay. Five red red for a seven mana cost sorcery. All of our cards we've talked about today are like. <laughs> Eight mana There's plus. There's 19 ramp spells. <laughs> There's 19. You're going to be able to cast it. You're not going to worry about mana. Uh, this came out in Dragons of Tarkir originally. I believe it's Sarkin looking. I don't know. Anyway, ret- uh, it's, it's a sorcery, and it says return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, how about time stretch? Yep. Volcanic Vision deals <laughs> cool. damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to each creature your opponents control. Exile Volcanic Vision. So for seven mana, you're essentially getting a Blasphemous Act-esque effect. Except it doesn't hit your creatures. It doesn't hit your creatures, and it can buy back some of your most powerful spells. Oh, like man. Treasure Time's- Cruise. Oh, man. Dig through time, treasure, but time stretch? Yeah, time stretch is It worth. deal 10 damage to everybody's creatures, and you have time stretch back in your hand now. And you deal 7 damage to someone randomly because of uh, Vile Smasher. I want to do that. I didn't quite go off that to that level, but I think I did Curtain's Call with it yeah, in you both did. games. You, you cast was... Curtain's Call like six times in one game, I swear <laughs> yeah. to God. Yeah, it was like, kill two creatures. Okay, now deal six to everybody's uh, creatures. Now kill two more creatures. Yeah, that um, was nutty. The next overperformer is, and you know, I think... When we looked at a lot of the early Eldrazi, we had our eyes on Nulamog, who was very, very good. We talked about Sire of Stagnation, which I think turned out to be not great. And not we great. did not spend as much time on Void Winor, maybe as we should. Turns out this card is incredibly good. It's yeah. not it's Every like, time it's been cast in the game... Everyone looks at their hand and they're like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Yeah. Half, no board wipe. Half my hand. I can't use it. Can't. Oh, I can get rid of it. Oh, no. That's There's all these negotiations. Okay. Okay. Well, I can do this. If you can, you do that. Well, yeah. no, because that costs two. Anyway, let me read the cards. Nine mana for an 11-9 creature Eldrazi. Here's the big part. Your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs, and zero is even. So if it costs two, four, six, eight, zero, whatever. Cyclonic Rift. You just cannot cast it. Your opponents can't. Wrath of God. Yep. Your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs. That doesn't come into play as, as much, much yeah. but here's the thing. It affects everyone, so it's not when you're attacking. It's anyone attacks anyone else, they can't block but with But only opponents. You're fine. Only opponents, yeah. Um, this card is absurd. I played this in my mono red deck, and when I played it, it has the effect of Glenelendra almost. Everyone just goes and like, well, I'm just not going to play anything yeah it's it can soft lock the table in a lot of instances a lot of wraths fall into four cmc um quite a bit of removal not all of it obviously like path and sword still work right but it it if you just had if you could just say like hey i can randomly just turn off half of all the stuff my opponents can do is that good yeah it's really good they're ha- really good yeah. that's like the same as making them discard like half their hand i mean a lot of times their commander is affected by this yep. and that's huge like uh, like marchesa i can't cast her anymore there was definitely games where i think i wasn't playing it but craig got it out and there was this consecrated sphinx shieldred <sighs> and we had to kill the void win because First. that was actually doing more harm than yeah. consecrated sphinx or shieldred uh that's how powerful the card is so just wanted to call it out because it's really good um, and it does nine damage when you get casted <laughs> when yeah. you put the file smasher. This deck, it, it was really fun. I had a lot of fun with it. It was really cool to, to sort of randomly deal damage. As a result, people are not so worried about Like, nobody was trying to kill Vile Smasher because it was like, yeah. it was just like a force of nature. It was like, well, I could kill it, but there's stuff that I know is going to maliciously be hitting me. That might just accidentally hit me. Yeah. It was yeah. almost like being on a plane for plane chase. 
It's like, this is just going to happen. You're going to take a lot of damage from it. Nah, too bad. Yeah. And um, you might get lucky and your opponent takes a bunch of damage and you don't take any. Or you might get unlucky, get mana screwed, and take a ton of damage from yeah. this, which is what happened to me in the second game. <laughs> I felt bad about that, but I, mean, I couldn't control it. Like, I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious, though. I mean, it was just funny that, like, like it's random. That's that's sort of the beauty of this deck, and it's outside your comfort zone, because you could not politic your way out of it. But at the same time, I had no incentive to, like, attack you, because I couldn't, because I was mana screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to talk about partners really quick, because while building this deck and the Kaidel, uh Bruce Taro deck, which I think I built slightly incorrectly. I'll talk about that here. Hmm. Um, the partner thing is really interesting. And one thing I didn't think about or consider is how powerful it is to just have one extra card in your starting hand all the time. Oh, interesting. So you're like you're drawing up to... If your commander counts as one extra card, you're drawing up to nine cards, essentially. Right. So you have one more card than everybody else that's not playing a partner. And you should really think about what role you want that card to fill especially usually i'd say almost always one of your partners is going to be like the main plan it's just mm-hmm. hard for them to line up to the point where they're both the main plan so there's always going to be one that like that's the one this is vile smasher in this deck it's kaidel in the other deck right um so then you need to say like what kind of holes does uh, do i want the partner to fill and it's not just abilities it's actually curve consideration so one of the things that made me move towards thrasios the ability is really good but it's a two drop so I know that I can always have a true drop. I play in a play group with a guy that plays a ton of Infect. How powerful is a partner commander that guarantees me to have a two drop every game? Yeah. It's very powerful because the Infect deck, the first person it hits, it kind of has to keep going after that person. So I need something out early that de- disincentivizes that first attack, and then I'm probably good. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think I built Kaidel wrong with Bruce Tarl because they both cost four. But Akiri costs two and is the same colors as Bruce Tarl. And it would have been way smarter to have Akiri in the deck just to have an early blocker, an early Mm -hmm. play. And I think that's a really interesting way to think about partners. And a great blocker. Great blocker with first strike. Yeah, interesting. Wow, that's that's actually a really good point. Um, Not even just Infect decks, but anyone that's getting off the ground early. Having a single blocker early can sometimes save you from taking 10, 15, 20 damage over the course of a few turns. Because I know a lot of decks are dirtling around, and the more they do that, the more they leave themselves open to just slowly get chipped away, and that reduces their chances of winning by a lot. Even if the blocker is just going to be throwaway, too, I think that's a very... Like, if you could just have a card in most decks that's just like, this card will sit off to the side, and at any time you can play it, and it'll mm-hmm. just block a creature, that'd be a great card to just have, because it costs you nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of what a lower CMC partner commander can fill in that slot. Um, and again, like I said, it's like starting with nine cards. Yeah, I really like the idea of thinking of your commander as the eighth card in your hand, the ninth card if you have partners. Really interesting. Not to mention, like, recasting Thrasios at four, for instance, isn't the end of the world. Nope. Because they're a two-mana, uh, two-CMC par- or partner commander, casting them at four is usually when other people are casting their commanders. So, Yeah, I really think the partner commander and that dynamic is going to lead us in some interesting places and philosophically makes you think about some things that we that maybe you haven't because you know we're used to having one card there so mm-hmm. you know keep an open mind about that stuff it may i think it it probably explains part of the reason why the partner commanders singly just feel a little bit underpowered a lot of people were sort of lackluster about them because they looked at each one individually and were like well none of these bat abilities besides kaidel mm-hmm. seem like crazy powerful but it is so powerful to start the game with an extra card yeah that I think they had to tone it back. Otherwise, they would just be out of control. Yeah, if they're like, hey, if you can guarantee that you're always going to draw the partner commander in your opening seven, would you say yes? I'd be like, yeah. 
Why? I mean, like, totally. But let's say I can guarantee that you're going to get an extra card and it will be that. Because that's really what it is. It's not yeah. even one of your opening seven. It's an extra card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, all right. That's actually, it lets you keep a land-heavy hand, too, because now you have two castable cards out of your command zone. Yeah, it's it, it totally changes everything, I think. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I have 19 ramp spells in this deck, mm-hmm. and I still ran uh, 37 lands. Because I was like, I don't care if I flood out. There's just so many ways to fix that. I have an extra card right. I can play that I know I always have. Uh, you know, and again, he he soaks up. He's a mana sink. But um, everything has changed. Everything has changed. All right, time for to the listeners. We're wondering what partner decks and commanders have you built with, and how have those decks played, and what have you learned? Because this is a pretty big moment where you know I, we made this realization, and I think there's probably some other things we're not thinking about because it's just yeah. so new this this mechanic and it. And it, it changes everything. I'd love to know also if you found a way to use both of the commanders as a key element of the deck. Uh, and if it, it, because I'm assuming at this point, if one commander is the main and the other is sort of backup, if they're both the mains, then you're going to find yourself in a lot of positions where it's like, shoot, I need both of them out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Half the cards in my deck aren't good or as good if the other one is gone. So I'm interested to see how you guys are working around that and whether or not you found it successful or it's better to sort of stick to the what Josh did here with Vile Smasher and Thrasios. All right. Now it's time to mention Card Kingdom one more time. They are <laughs> our sponsor. I almost went to the end step. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's the affiliate link that you can use to let them know that we're the ones that sent you Ether Revolt yeah. coming out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. You should probably be pre-ordering your stuff. Card Kingdom will get your pre-orders to you super fast so that you're opening that product the weekend it comes out and you're getting all the cool cards at this point that we're recording. We don't know what all of them are, but our review is coming up. I'm sure you're going to want... I mean, it's safe to say you're yeah. going to want a lot of them. It's also another artifact-themed set. So if there is a card that you've been eyeing that you don't know, maybe it's slightly more expensive or, or it's maybe it's not as expensive. It's in the past and it's an artifact or artifact-related. Uh, now would be a great time to sort of look at those, see if it's at the price point you agree with. Go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and get it because they may rise when the set comes out. There could be a certain preview card that sets it over the top. Either way, keep an eye out for those sort of things. That's why I think about when I buy cards uh, and in advance of sets. Yeah, true. What is it, what else that already exists is it going to make go up in price? And can I grab that now before yeah. it goes up? Like um, Mind's Dilation we were talking about earlier. I'm yeah. not saying Ether Revolt will make that go up. But it's going to go up because it's awesome. And expropriate. Go, yeah. go go pick up those cards. They're not going down. Ether Revolt will also have an effect on cards from uh, Kaladesh. Some of the underplayed cards, like a card like Multiform Wonder, for instance, could all of a sudden become a standard staple depending on what Ether Revolt has. But, you know, it, it's, it's all dependent uh bomat courier i could see as a card going up as well so just keep your eye out man you get all kinds of financial advice on this one um all right oh oh patreon.com slash commandzo the other way to support the show if you want to be like brandon burke and support the content that you like and if you want to see more game nights videos and uh potentially in the future more kitchen table fables make sure you go to patreon.com slash commandzo and become a patron please do all right now it's time for the end step. I've tried to do this three times now. Yeah. Finally, where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I got one. Oh man, you so, saved us. I know. I saw that the uh, the, the <laughs> part was empty. was empty, and I was like, "Aha!" Uh, I'm excited for the Nintendo Switch though, just because I, um, as a gamer, I've always appreciated Nintendo the most out of all the gaming companies because at heart they are a company that cares about the idea and concept of video gaming outside of anything else. I think Microsoft and Xbox are much more focused on sort of like the FPS, sort of gritty realism, Gears of War look of their of their games. Uh, um, Sony has a lot more story-driven stuff and serious content. 
and Nintendo's always been a, a company that cares more about sort of the aesthetic nature of a game, what a game is, you know, like, is it something that is just There's like that childlike delight that you yeah. have in a game. That's what Nintendo captures. I mean, look at Shigeru Miyamoto. When he smiles, he's, he, like, he is a child at heart. And, and that is why Matt Arnold from Rocket Jump also loves Nintendos, because they embrace that side of gaming. And that, to me, is really exciting, because... That's why I love playing video games is for that, like, <gasps> that that moment of awe and, oh, wow, this is so beautiful, and not like, well, I just shot someone in the head six times. That was great. That can be fun, too. I'm it can saying. be fun, too. I mean, I play a bunch of FPS. I grew up playing I like, FPS. I like both, but Nintendo is awesome. They have such a track record. So many of the great video games in the history of the planet are from Nintendo. Somebody else you should tweet at is the Masters of Modern Podcast. They are our sister podcast. Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them at the MM Cast on Twitter and right next to us uh, under Collected.Company, which is our new magic hub. That's the URL, Collected.Company. I love it. It's so great because I've always like, dot .Company, why would you ever want that as the end of your website? It's like, <gasps> I want it. <laughs> I want it and I need it. Well, our, there's also a lot of work being done on Collected.Company right now. It looks pretty plain, but we, trust me, behind the scenes, we do have some stuff going on. It yep. will look a lot better soon. Yeah, everything is leveling up thanks to the Patreon and all the other stuff. All right. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Woo. He does our video content for the show. You can go check it out, youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. This podcast, all of our deck techs, all of our videos, all of our gameplay videos, all of our live action videos. It's all there. YouTube.com slash Command Zone Podcast, the Ma- Command Zone Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, too. Yeah. We, we, we always forget to say that, but hit that subscribe button. It really does help. And also alert you to when we put up a new show, because we don't have a thing that, I mean, podcast apps will update automatically and we'll tweet about it, but YouTube is another way to get alerted when an episode comes out. Uh, and, of course, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does really cool living card animations, and he does one for the beginning and end of our show that you can see if you guys go over right now. And you can follow him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next... Well, we're in the new year, so see you... We saw you. Yeah. Welcome to the new year. We'll see you at GP Vegas. (laughs) Yes, please. Peace. Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.